This is everything you want to know about non-clinical careers for physicians. For Third Evolution, I'm your host, Robert Pretty. Today's podcast, we're talking with Dr. Armin Feldman, a psychiatrist and psychoanalyst, as well as a healthcare entrepreneur and a specialist in forensic medicine. His current business in forensic medicine is MD Consulting Services, a medical, legal, consulting, and education company. Hello, Dr. Feldman. Hi, Bob. It's a pleasure to talk with you today. Thanks very much. It's nice to speak with you again. So let's jump right in. I'm sure our listeners would like to know some of your background, in particular that you did practice psychiatry and psychoanalysis for more than 20 years. So how did you go from a psychiatry practice to your own consulting business in forensic medicine, and then to teaching other physicians how they too could become medical legal consultants? Sure. Uh, so here's what happened. Uh, when I was a young uh, psychiatrist starting out, uh, I met uh, a fellow who is a uh, personal injury attorney, and uh, we actually uh, became uh, quite good friends. And uh, we're, we've been friends now for over 40 years. And he started sending me uh, cases uh, of his personal injury cases that had head injuries. And as uh, some time went on, my specialty in psychiatry actually uh, changed. And I, I wound up uh, being a, a specialist in mild traumatic brain injury uh, through my own um, education research and uh, primarily through my clinical practice. And uh, one thing uh, led to another and I wound up uh, owning uh, my uh, head injury rehabilitation uh, treatment uh, centers uh, all over the country. And my first clinic was in Denver. And uh, at that clinic, uh, I developed my own treatment program for head injury rehabilitation. And wound up, I had uh, psychiatrists, psychologists, uh, neuropsychologists, psychotherapists, biofeedback therapists, and others working at the clinic. And I, I think we did a great job of helping head injured people back up on their feet. My second clinic was in Colorado Springs. My third clinic was in Detroit uh, because the um, insurance rules were similar to Colorado. And then it just grew and grew from there. And uh, I was very fortunate and wound up uh, selling uh, those uh, clinics around the country to a big company. One of the things that I did uh, as part of my uh, duties and responsibilities to my uh, patients is I wound up testifying as an expert witness uh, quite often on behalf of my patients who were either being cut off of their medical care or offered some pittance of a settlement. And that was my introduction to the legal system, uh, the adversarial nature of the work and how healthcare is delivered in uh, that corner of medicine. So after I sold those clinics, I was thinking about, well, what did I wanna do next? I, I guess I was out of a job at that point, right? <laughs> uh, and so uh, I thought uh, based on uh, all of that experience, maybe what I could do is just consult to attorneys on any kind of medical question that they had in a case. And not only did that turn out to be uh, an unexplored niche, but over the years now, uh, I've been doing this full time for 13 years. And over the years now, 
this is really developed into a new subspecialty of forensic medicine uh, where uh, the work is not in criminal cases, rather in civil cases, uh, and uh, uh, helping uh, attorneys to uh, help their injured uh, clients uh, with a whole number of very uh, specific uh, types of services and consultations uh, and that w uh, physicians who do this work uh, can um, provide to the attorney, the case and the injured person. So uh, I did that work uh, and actually developed this new subspecialty of forensic medicine, essentially on my own. And then I realized that, well, this is something that other doctors could do. And so I thought maybe what I should be doing in addition to consulting uh, on these cases in Colorado uh, is to train other physicians how to do this. And so for the past 13 years, uh, I've been training physicians how to do this kind of work. And the training that I provide is both on the business side, in other, in other words, how do you start up and then successfully run long-term a medical legal consulting business, and also on the medicine that the doctors need to know. So when I first started uh, training others, uh, I did this through, I have a one-year remote training program uh, called the Medical Legal Consulting Coaching Program that uh, helps physicians who wanna do this work full-time, most of them do it part-time or, or in lieu of retiring, but uh, get, uh, start this kind of uh, practice. Um, and then for the past eight years, uh, I've also had a, a two-day uh, conference, which is really an annual conference, which is really a crash course in how to do this. So that's how I got started uh, and um, now um, been doing this all these years. Very good. Well, tell me, I talk to physicians uh, daily who are interested in various types of non-clinical activities, but very often they bring up doing uh, expert witnessing or chart reviews and things of that nature. Uh, how does what you do different from, from those two areas? Yeah, that's a good question. So first of all, uh, I don't do any medical expert work and I don't participate in medical malpractice cases. So uh, all of the work that I do and teach others to do is pre-litigation, pre-trial. So all of the work is um, to help the attorney better negotiate and settle cases, mm -hmm. help the attorney get the appropriate medical care for their clients, and help the attorney negotiate the medical issues and cases. So the work is primarily in personal injury cases and in workers' compensation cases, although any physician in any specialty can be trained and can learn how to successfully uh, do this work. So I always work on the side of the little guy going up against the insurance companies, often their own insurance company denying legitimate claims. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that makes this kind of consulting viable and makes it go is that in these areas of the law, probably nine out of every 10 cases sell. And so that's where we come in. Uh, as I said, anything that we can do to help the attorney better negotiate and settle the case, save attorney time, 
help them get the appropriate medical care for their clients and help them negotiate the medical issues in the case. That's something that uh, many uh, attorneys, actually most attorneys are interested in. Mm -hmm. So obviously in that one out of 10 case that they can't settle in which they're going to go to court, in other words, they'll do depositions and go to trial. Then in that situation, they're going to need medical experts in every year of injury. But for the purpose of negotiating and settling the case, what the attorney needs are well-reasoned, well-thought-out, backed up by evidence from the medical literature, medical opinions, reports, and other services that will help them to better negotiate and settle the case. Very good. Well, obviously, you, you have a, a vast amount of experience in doing this kind of work and have been quite successful in doing it. When was it and perhaps what was the driver that took you from focusing just on your own work to teaching other physicians how to do this? What motivated you to move into that that uh, direction? Yeah, good question. So when I first thought about doing this, first of all, I didn't know if there'd be a market to do this. And I certainly didn't know what kind of consultations I'd be doing. So what I did is I looked around the country for other physicians doing this. And uh, there must be some that do parts of what I do, although I haven't run into any of them, but um, I assume there are. Uh, but there are not physicians offering, there, there are like 16, 17 different services that I offer and the other physicians offer. There aren't, there weren't physicians offering these kinds of services as a package of services to uh, attorneys. So um, I thought, well, this is something that other doctors could do. And uh, I thought, um, I've always had an interest in teaching. I um, was a, a clinical professor of uh, psychiatry at the University of Colorado Health Sciences Centers, Center for a while. Uh, I always enjoyed teaching. Uh, and uh, I came from a background of teaching. My dad was a professor of dentistry, and he ran the residency uh, training program at Marquette Dental mm -hmm. School. And uh, so uh, I thought, um, well, let me tap into my um, uh, knowledge base here that other physicians don't have and my love of teaching others and, and, and something else and, and helping people. Uh, and uh, that's how I got started. Very good. Well, you know, one thing that I encounter again a lot with uh, the physicians I talk to when they look at different types of businesses and medical legal being one of those businesses, they're often concerned about the size of the market and worried that, well, are there too many people doing this? What do you tell physicians about the competitive landscape in terms of medical legal consulting? Yeah, you're asking great questions. So um, as you probably know, there are about a million MDs and DOs in the country. Mm -hmm. And I've been training physicians for 11 years but uh, and have the privilege to do that. But I've only really trained a handful, maybe a thimbleful of uh, the physicians compared to that 1 million number. Uh, and so um, this field, even though I've been uh, training others to do it, is really wide open. Physicians can still get in on the ground floor uh, of this new field. Uh, there's a tremendous demand for this kind of uh, medical legal consulting uh, and uh, there just aren't enough doctors doing this or trained to do this work uh, to fill that uh, demand. So um, 
interesting thing is you need a you need a population base of mm-hmm. about 250,000 people to have enough of the right kind of attorneys to support one physician doing this full time. And most physicians do this as part of an existing practice. So if you uh, think about uh, you know area catchment areas and, and cities and across the United States, this is absolutely a, a wide open field. Uh, but it really comes down to educating the attorneys as to what uh, we have to offer, how it uh, helps them, how it helps their case, and at the bottom line, how it really helps that injured person. You know, that for, for years, maybe for centuries, there have been physicians acting uh, as medical experts, uh, primarily for, uh, in modern times, for the uh, insurance companies. There have not been physicians working on the opposite side of that. So it's actually quite gratifying. You you raise a very, very interesting issue when you say, well, two things, actually. One, helping uh, physicians considering this to have an understanding of the market size that is likely necessary to support their activity. But also the other thing you said was, was educating the attorneys in the context of mm-hmm. how this activity can help them. Uh, I, and physicians obviously are, are very good educators or educating patients every day. How do they go about this process of educating attorneys to better understand what they can do for them? Yeah, right. So um, on the business side, one of the things that, well, I'm going to back up from mm-hmm. that just for a second. Um, the, one of the first things on the business side that I teach is um, I have a um, step-by-step business launch plan. And that, that business launch plan will take you from zero to up and running with your business. Now, up and running is defined as now being in a position to go out and start soliciting business from attorneys. That leads right into uh, a step-by-step detailed marketing plan that helps attorneys, uh, helps the physicians not only get their attorney clients, but also keep them long-term. So in terms of the first part of that, what I can tell you is that the marketing plan, it actually doesn't have anything to do with um, advertising. It really doesn't have to have anything to do with spending money. What it has to do with, Bob, is uh, old-fashioned elbows. There's no getting around the fact that you have to call and meet with attorneys face-to-face. Of course, we're doing that by Zoom during the pandemic, but um, and uh, educate them as to what it is that you can bring to the case. So what I tell the physicians uh, that um, I train is obviously <clears throat> as physicians, we don't have to go out and get our customers, right? But uh, in this setting, we do have to get uh, our clients, but we've all had the experience of see one, do one, teach mm-hmm. one, right? We all know how to teach. Uh, and so uh, uh, if you have the right tools and I can give them the right tools, uh, with help from me, scripts and so forth. Um, and uh, they can um, present the uh, key concepts of this kind of consulting uh, to the attorney in a face-to-face meeting. Very good. Well, you had said uh, before that almost any specialty works. Are there specialists or certain specialties that you see doing better at this than others? You know, I have trained physicians in just about every specialty. And I think that, um, uh, you know, some specialties may have a slight head start, 
uh, orthopedic surgeons, uh, physical medicine doctors, maybe occupational therapy doctors, so forth. But any physician to be successful is, I think what's more key, Bob, is that um, one of the great things, one of the things that's actually been fun for me is I have learned a tremendous amount of medicine. Actually, I paid to learn it too, right? But right. Um, and um, now, you know, I'm not in any position to do any orthopedic or neurosurgery, but I certainly would put my knowledge base of spine injuries, uh, uh, rotator cuff injuries and other things up against anyone these days. So I think the, the key is if you enjoy medicine in general, some, some doctors just like to stay in their lane, right? Mm -hmm. They just want to know about their specialty. But if you really enjoy medicine in general, and you're a person that enjoys lifelong learning and some intellectual curiosity, uh, then this would be for you because um, you get to learn a, a tremendous amount about a tremendous amount of medicine. So let me just back up from that for a second. Mm -hmm. So um, let me give you a practical example. Good. So um, now this, of course, this never happens to me anymore because the uh, attorneys in Colorado know who I am. And, but, um, but when I started and when doctors started this, let's say the attorney hires me and there's an issue related to, for example, a rotator cuff injury that comes up in the case and the attorney is trying to negotiate something out in the case. So um, what uh, I'll do, of course, in every case is, of course, you talk to the attorney, then you read all the medical records, uh, then uh, I um, uh, recommend in every case, then you have to interview the client of the attorney for some specific things. And then you go and you do your medical research. And then mo not in every um, type of service, but in most, you're going to write a report. So uh, what's going to happen? Well, um, that attorney that hired me is going to send that report off to opposing counsel. Well, what, what's opposing counsel going to do? They're going to look me up, right? They're going to come back to uh, the attorney that hired me and say, well, wait a minute, Dr. Feldman isn't an expert in rotator cuffs. Why should I pay any attention to this? And what the attorney's going to say is, well, Dr. Feldman works as a, a medical legal consultant for me in all my cases. Mm -hmm. And if we can't get this issue, uh, negotiated out in the settlement, and you force me to take this case to trial, when I hire my retained orthopedic surgeon, they're going to say exactly what Dr. Feldman said in his report. In fact, the surgeon would be relying on the same literature that Dr. Feldman relied on for his opinion. So let's get this negotiated out. And that's how it works in practical manner. So uh, it gives you the opportunity to learn a, a tremendous amount about a tremendous number of things in medicine. And if you enjoy medicine, if you've been, if you're enthused about medicine and like to learn about a lot of things, then uh, this is actually quite a lot of fun. That's very good. You've sort of answered my next question, but I, I want to put it on a table for clarity regardless. Is I've often been told that once a physician leaves clinical practice, some of his or her credibility relative to the medical legal, legal consulting area goes away. I, I'm hearing you say that that's not necessarily the case. So this is, this is for a physician who wants to do it part-time and remain in practice, but also perhaps for a physician who wants to completely step away from practice. Is that right? That is correct. Now, 
You see, if you're acting as a medical expert, the way our legal system works, you must be in practice, right? Correct. Um, your career is over when uh, you're not in practice anymore. With this, the way our legal system works, medical uh, physicians, MDs and DOs, can uh, render medical uh, opinions about medical questions. So um, now, if you're going to go to trial, you need experts. But for the purpose of negotiating and settling the case, you need medical opinions, uh, reports backed up by evidence from the literature that the attorney can then use to uh, um, argue out and negotiate uh, a, a proper settlement. And, and in fact, what attorneys are finding is that by using the services, my services and uh, medical legal consultants around the country, they are in fact settling their cases for better value with less attorney time. Very good. Let me ask you this then, as someone is thinking about this as a possible alternative, what would you encourage them to think about in terms of two or three or four really critical keys to them being successful in the medical legal consulting field? Right. Here's the first key. You need at a minimum about eight hours a week in order to do this kind of work justice and make it fly. If you don't have that much time, don't do it. Um, <clears throat> now, the majority of that eight hours needs to be during the regular work week uh, because uh, you need time to talk with and meet with uh, attorneys. So um, the first thing is you must take this as seriously as anything else that you do in your professional life. So uh, if you do that and you just follow the system, they, you know, the way I've set this up is a system for everything that you do. If you just follow the recipe, you'll be successful. But the very first thing is to um, carve out the time to do it. Um, the next thing is you really need to um, think about this. You have to change your way you think about yourself. You're a doctor, but you're also a small business owner. And so you have to make a paradigm shift to that you're not only a doctor, but you're a small business owner. And most physicians that do this find that it's gratifying, it's fun. Uh, and uh, uh, especially today in the age of the death of private practice uh, on a part-time basis or full-time or in lieu of retiring, this uh, really gives you an opportunity to be your own boss, um, dictate how you do things uh, and um, uh, help people uh, uh, make a, a lucrative income uh, and um, really in, enjoy uh, non-clinical medicine, but in a way that really helps people. Mm -hmm. Very good. And one thing, and without, uh, I'm going to ask you, I guess I'll say to maybe pat yourself on the back here just a bit, but what would you say is the number one thing that has led to your success? I don't know if there's one thing. Uh, I think that <laughs> um, um, probably the biggest thing is when I started doing this, there was no one to turn to. So you have to um, be uh, um, diligent, uh, persistent, uh, a little obsessive compulsive. Uh, you have to um, be humble. Uh, mm -hmm. You have to learn from your mistakes. Uh, I had to learn from my mistakes uh, and uh, just 
always uh, move forward. I knew that this would be successful. Uh, I, I just uh, allowed myself to figure it out as I went along. Uh, and um, uh, uh, I've always had an interest in business. Um, you know, I own those uh, uh, medical, my, my, my MBA is from the School of Hard Knocks. Uh, I'm somewhat self-taught, but I also had some great mentors uh, that I paid, of course, but I, I had some great business mentors along the way, and I figured out the medicine on my own. But um, just being, um, uh, and it's been uh, tremendously enjoyable, and I don't mean to harp on this, but I mean, helping people has always been important in my work. And I realized early on that uh, these injured people really did not have the medical support that they needed in their cases. And uh, uh, so it's been quite gratifying that way as well. That's great. Well, I certainly understand. And, and I appreciate uh, all you have shared with us today. And I I want to thank you very much for your time and for your insights. What you do is really interesting and, and obviously in great demand. Uh, one last thing, if physicians are interested in learning more about your business and possibly entering the medical legal consulting field, how can they contact you? Sure. So um, if someone would be interested in my um, uh, training program, my one-year remote training program, uh, you can go to M-D-B-I-Z, short for biz, M-D-B-I-Z-C-O-N, short for consulting, mdbizcon.com. But I, I did want to mention, I have my eighth annual uh, medical legal consulting conference coming up April 24th and 25th. And what this is, is a crash course in how to do this kind of consulting. In fact, one of the very first things that I say at the conference is, when you leave this conference, you will have all of the tools and all of the instruction necessary to go out and successfully do this. So that's the other way to learn this. So if a physician, and by the way, of course, in the pandemic, um, our conference this year is by live stream only. Uh, and so if physicians are interested in attending my um, annual conference, uh, they can go to the uh, conference page by going to medlegal2021.com, medlegal2021.com. That's fantastic. Well, I wish you uh, continued enormous success. And once again, I want to thank you for your time and your expertise in sharing this information with our listeners. Thank right. you, Dr. Feldman. Bob, it's been a, a pleasure talking with you again. Thank you. I hope this podcast will help you with your interests, your understanding, and if you choose, your transition to a non-clinical physician career. If you wish help and support in your transition, initial hallway consults are always without a fee, and I'll be pleased to offer you my best advice and counsel. Once again, for Third Evolution, non-clinical careers for physicians, this is Robert Pretty. For comments about this or any of my podcasts, or to request a hallway consult, don't hesitate to contact me at 720-339-3585. That's for voice, message, or text. And visit me online at thirdevo.com. That's T-H-I-R-D-E-V-O.com. Until next time, thank you for listening. <laughs>